This is Chris and Cindy Vent with the Chris and Cindy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today, like I say on every episode, we got a great show for you. We have yes, we have Kaylee Nicole. She got her professional start singing and acting in theater when she was just nine years old. She's worked in film, TV, voiceover, and stage, which has enriched her recording career. Above all, her passion lies with storytelling. And I love the storytelling because that's my passion. Oh, we the do. Story I tell <laughs> yeah. stories all the time. So many times we're talking to friends and I'm always telling stories. Always. I love it. It's the <laughs> best so, part. Welcome to the show. Yes, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And it's really cool that you're our last one before a big trip. Oh, so yes. excited about that. Happy to send you guys off to Nashville. Uh, thank <laughs> yeah, you. The crazy yes, part is, can't wait. the crazy part is, it's like we're so used to doing this because we've done like almost three hundred, I mean, four hundred interviews wow. since January of last year. Yeah. So now it's going to be like I'm going to feel like we're going to have withdrawals. <laughs> I know taking a break is not easy. Right. It's very and, difficult. And y'all know that firsthand. Speaking of. Um, how has COVID affected you and what have you done to maneuver through it? Oh my goodness. Well, I think I'm pretty adjusted now, if we're honest, because here we are over a year into this. Um, it definitely took me the first two weeks. I kind of just did enjoy the break. I was like, okay, fine, <laughs> whatever. And, um, about the third week, I realized this probably was going to be a while and that I better start finding some ways to kind of continue to work while in the situation. So first things first, I was working on the EP that just came out a few weeks ago when we were all shut down. Um, I had just kind of been in the studio writing about, I think, two months before everything shut down. So we were really had just started working on it. Um, but we all, about two months into the pandemic, we kind of worked out a way to continue working on things. Um, we kept writing on Zoom and then we kind of figured out a way to move on in person with just like distance and masks. And, um, you know, I'd walk in the vocal room and the engineering room were two separate areas. So I just go straight into the vocal booth and my producers and I would just chat from there and record these songs completely <laughs> in the middle of a pandemic, just like <laughs> doing it. And that was really great. Um, the other things that have kept me really sane and I think grounded during these times are spending time with friends and I have kept up lessons and classes, which, no you know, yeah. there's no point in time where in my eyes that stops or ends to me. There's always so much to learn, to grow and change. And so I just kept working on that when, things would be slow, I would just dive into what I could learn more of about what I was doing and what I was trying to achieve. So that's been really great. It was kind of funny. My Yesterday, my vocal coach and I, so we've been every week on Zoom uh, since the pandemic happened and yeah. we're both vaccinated. And so the next time will be the first time we're going to be in person oh, wow. in oh, over wow. a year. Yeah. So it was kind of, you're saying it's kind of weird. We're like, <laughs> Wow. It's kind of been fun in a way, like not actually, not the pandemic itself, but the bond that she and I yeah, have created yeah, right, over absolutely. a year being together mm -hmm. and um, being consistent with each other was kind of become really special. And I was like, kind of weirdly sad about this yeah. ending in a way. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm very excited. And it's things like that that kept me kind of um, 
in times I didn't feel creatively mm -hmm. flowing, um, kept me, I think, progressing and uh, reminded me what I, why I love what I do. Now, anybody watching this live or the replay, be sure to share, share, share. Um, <laughs> but that's like for us, you know, we were, we started this show in January of 2020. So a couple months oh, before wow. COVID. Mm -hmm. yeah. And our original plan was a hundred interviews our first year. We thought if we could just do yes, that. That then, would be a lot of interviews. Yeah. And we thought that was pushing it, to be honest with you, even a hundred. And then COVID happened. And I told Sandy, I was like, you know what, this, you know, as I watched everything get shut down, I'm like everybody's home. Artists yeah. are home. Yeah. They're going to need a place to talk. <laughs> so yeah. we need to step our game up and just make this right. our year. And because of that, we did over 300 interviews last year. That's so awesome. That's a ton of interviews. <laughs> <laughs> we, in fact, our biggest month was um, August, which we did 44 in that one month. Right. <laughs> And yeah, we were a little worn out. And what's crazy about it is because we started out just a music show, then it, be, but now it's more of an entertainment interview show. We do actors yeah. and artists and athletes cool. and stuff like that, anybody in entertainment. And it's like um, around August, we did so many that September, a lot of artists started getting gigs again. So we were having a hard time booking people. Hmm. And so I'm sitting there like, okay, what do we do to fill in those gaps? We got so used to doing so many. Yeah. And, Next thing I know, but like I told Sandy, I was like, I wonder if the acting side would, would take us in the way the music side has. Like, where, where are those yeah. guys? <laughs> and they did because they, yeah, you know, they we've did. had Ed Asner on. We've had um, recently the one of the biggest villains of soap opera history, the actress that played Sheila Carter on Young and Restless. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so all of a sudden we got this show that's growing way beyond we ever imagined. That's so awesome. I think it's really great what's come out of certain aspects of this and kind of the challenges it's presented. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's made us all grow in ways that I think we didn't expect it. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, a lot of people would ask, when did you know you were to do music? I always like to go deeper than that. When did it click that it could be a career? Oh, my goodness. I think it, it actually clicked that it could be a career, in all honesty. Um, I was pursuing it very seriously you know, as you guys read from nine years old and I definitely wanted it to be a career, uh, from then on. But I think the time when it got really serious was being graduating college because, okay. you know, even though it's very real up to then and it was something I deeply wanted, it still feels like a hobby because yeah. you're living at home. There's no like a super adult things to stress out, even though being a kid under these professional circumstances is very adult like there's still like not that kind of pressure. And mm. so when it came to graduating college and my friends are getting all of these offers from, you know, top four like business consulting agencies and they're like oh no I will pay off my college debt in x amount of time and I'm kind of sitting there thinking to myself oh my gosh am I actually gonna do this like am I really gonna step out of this college scenario and pursue something creative that um you know I think even though a career in the arts is very much a career there's really mm -hmm. kind of this toxic yeah, there's really a horrible stigma around it. And so I think that that's when it became the most real to me of like, 
it's a little bit scary now. Because <laughs> it wasn't scary before. It was like, yeah, yeah. I want this to happen, but it's just, you know, so fun in the meantime, whatever. <laughs> and then I think getting like over 18, it's like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> like, this is insane. Um, and you're just kind of hoping for the best. And so, yeah, that, that to me was when it got the most real. And I think the stigma has to do with, you know, and a lot of parents kind of cause this. I wish they wouldn't, oh, but they yes, do. Exactly. I think a lot of times you see, you know, you see the Blake Shelton's of the world and then mm-hmm. you see the people that struggle. But right. a lot of times parents don't see the people in between because right. there's many levels so, between the broke person absolutely. and that. Where I mean, there's a lot of people that are making a $100,000 a year income and you'll never see their name. Exactly. And there's like so many, you know, I think something that's cool is because I have been in the industry since I was nine. Uh, I kind of have seen a lot of people that, uh, you know, started out as actors and are now really talented mm-hmm. producer friends of mine or directors or cinematographers, whatever else it is. And or songwriters, you know, same thing on the music end. Um, it's really cool to watch like it, like you're saying, it kind of gets easy to focus on these big spaces for people of, Oh, well mm-hmm. you have to become the, Blake Shelton or the male streep. And if you're not that, then you don't have a career in the arts, but there's so many jobs that are so important to getting that one person that everyone's staring at to where they're at. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everyone's staring at Meryl Streep, but um, I, I love Meryl Streep. There's so. a big team. <laughs> yeah. There's a big yeah. team behind her. And so I think it's been really cool to kind of watch people find their talents within the industry over, um, over 10 years, um, longer than 10 years, 14. Oh my gosh. Um, so it's been really wild to kind of see that and see where people fall. And yeah, it's been a, a great re- reminder of exactly that, that there are so many incredible jobs in the entertainment industry, like you're saying, that aren't the ones people stare at and think, oh my gosh. And, and there's even artists that, that's, that won't sign to a label because they have their mm-hmm. core audience you know, they're not on the radio. They're not on all the big things, mm-hmm. but yeah. their core audience keeps that income coming in for them where they could, where they're living mm-hmm. their music their own way. Absolutely. Which is pretty amazing. So I think that is one benefit of social media and everything right now <laughs> is kind of in a way the people's power to dictate and speak to who they want. Cool. You couldn't do that 10 years ago. No, no, not at all. A little bit on MySpace. But <laughs> <laughs> well, 20 years yeah. ago, you really could. Yeah, 20 years right. ago, you really couldn't. Yeah. But. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, like I, we interviewed Joe Kelly from CDX Nashville last year. Mm-hmm. We were talking about this whole thing. And he says that if, if you go out and you're good enough to where you immediately get signed, he says, you don't know it, but you've just been screwed. <laughs> they said that if you have no following, they screwed you. You just don't know it. He, yeah. said that, he said the key is to get out there. He says with the tools that artists have nowadays, there's no mm-hmm. reason that they can't get out there, make 50, 100, 150,000 a year profit from their business of, wow. of artistry um, before they even think about a label. So then, then the label has to come to them instead of they go to the label. Right. Totally. And now you control the strings. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Which is smart, right? Definitely. <laughs> so 
kind of staying on the same topic, as you know, a lot of people, they see the glory of a Blake Shelton, of a Miranda, of a Carrie, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles that it takes, not just to get to their level, but as you know, even a career level within mm -hmm. music. And mm -hmm. I always want to talk about that because I think nobody really does. Everybody kind of glosses over mm -hmm. this side of it because they want to see the the they want to see the glory without the grind part of it, but Definitely. we don't. We want to talk about both sides. And I'm going to okay. tell a quick story to help guide us where I want this to go. But back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls. And at that time, her and her daughter were full-time with music. I asked Allison what advice she'd given up-and-coming artists. And I'll never forget what she said. She said, if you can see yourself doing something else, go do that and just keep this as a hobby. She goes, because yeah. the moment you want it to be a career, everything has to change. You, you no longer own your own life. Everybody kind of owns a piece of it. Your friends and relatives never understand because they invite you to weddings, to cookouts, to weekends, to holidays. But when you're in that grind mode, you have to say no to almost everything. Yeah. Then, your then your family has to sacrifice because they have to be willing to give you up to the world, so to speak, mm -hmm. and let you give the bread to the world and they take the crumbs in a way. Yes. You know, it's, yes. it's a tough road. But then she added, but if you cannot see yourself doing anything else, then go all in. Because the only way that those kind of sacrifices would be worth it. What do you think of what she said? Let's talk about that. Oh my goodness. I think that's absolutely true. I don't know if you guys have had a chance to listen to the EP I just released, but I actually wrote a song pretty much exactly about that. It's called Half a Heart. Oh, and wow. um, yeah, Will that be the song you'll play for us later? <laughs> that wasn't the one I was planning to play, <laughs> okay. but maybe, maybe next time. Okay. Um, next time. Yeah. But that's kind of, you know, something that for me, so I'm been living in Thousand Oaks with my family. We've been out here since, um, gosh, eight years. And after college, I kind of mm -hmm. moved back home, didn't really know where I wanted to go, if it was time for Nashville and whatever. Um, and I felt really called to Nashville. Mm -hmm. But there was this huge part of me that um, didn't want to go. I, I love home. I love my family. I love um, the friends that I have in California, the community I have around here. And um, I think like that's where this song came from. I remember I wow. went into wow. a co-writing session and I sat down and, you know, I kind of keep this bullet list of ideas for songs and I'm reading through this bullet list. I go through 20 and none of them are really affecting <laughs> me. I'm just saying these different titles and I get to read the one, um, that just says half a heart and I immediately start just like tears fall in my eyes and I can barely get the idea out. And my co-writer, he's like, I don't even care what that idea is. Yes, I want it. <laughs> like that's the one that we're writing. And you know, the song's kind of saying that is that like the second, the second verse is kind of one of actually lyrically things I've written. One of the things I'm the most proud of. Um, but it says like, big wins come with a price, unexpected sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And I think that that that's really it. At the end of the day, I think people forget. Um, I was homeschooled from nine until the first day I walked into college and all the things that people see is simple. I am like, what? I, I never got a locker. I think that sounds like the coolest thing on the planet, but I never had one. And so I think it's, it's coming down to the things like that. And I, I completely agree. I actually, that's pretty much in line with the advice I give to friends or tell people how I see myself is that like the second that I think I'd be happy doing something else, I'm going to go do something else. 
And that was kind of what it came going back to the moment I was talking about in college. That's what I started thinking about. And I, I got an internship. Um, I won't say where, but it definitely solidified for me that I couldn't do anything else. I remember I just like I, I sat in this office, uh, you know, for college credits, doing a little nine to five internship. And there was just one day I realized all I had been thinking about all day while doing these tasks was my music nothing else. Um, like I, yeah. was just, I was just like basically doing these tasks with the blindfolds on, not even, I probably was submitting terrible work for this poor company, but all mm-hmm. I could think about was my music. And it was kind of in that moment where the fear went away of leaving college and pursuing the creative arts, because I realized that if I didn't, I would never forgive myself. I would yeah. never forgive right. it. And that I'd always be wondering about it, but it's, it's, um, you'd always wonder what if, yeah, I would always wonder, wonder if, but there's a lot of things when you're, uh, chasing a dream like this, that is kind of unpredictable, uncertain, and leads you to a lot of different places. You miss a lot of things. Um, Mm -hmm. I've actually been really, that's another reason I've been really grateful for this year is because I've been around my friends more, (laughs) but, um, Mm -hmm. before when I was traveling all the time. I was back and forth between Los Angeles and Nashville. Um, I remember I'd come home and see my friends in LA and every time I would just be like, I'm missing so much. Like, you know, there, there, I, I would almost leave nights hanging out with my friends crying because, uh, you know, obviously not their fault, but I just come back yeah. and I'd need mm-hmm. updated on so many things and all these tiny little moments and these inside jokes that I wasn't there for. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, this time that they went to dinner and like, all, all these things that normally I'd get to be a part of, but all of a sudden I'm not because I'm chasing something. The high price um, of calling. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, I think that's what people don't see. It's not the stuff. I think sometimes what is advertised is the grind is, you know, um, missing the bigger moments, which are of course crazy important and still mm-hmm. hurtful to us. Yeah. But it, to me, it was becoming the really small things, the nuance of the everyday that I didn't get to see for my friends, for my family, for, <laughs> I'm really, I love my dog so much for my dogs. Like, oh, yes. that, that was the stuff that was becoming really hard or is really hard for me still. It's been better because, you know, we've all been home, but um, mm-hmm. I'm about to be traveling again. So that's what gets hard is it's the small little nuances of every day that you're not a part of. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I remember um, we've actually tried like over 100 different business ideas in our 18 oh, years of marriage. Yes. They all failed. But, That's awesome. but they, if they would survive enough to keep us afloat because, wow. you know, but we've kept trying this and try because we've, you know, when we first married, um, we both wanted this crazy idea of being a 24-7 couple. And everybody told us we're crazy and it never happened. Oh, yeah. And we've been 24-7 couple for 18 years. Uh, wow. That's awesome. And, That's and smart, we've yeah. done this and we've done that. But I rem- I'll, I'll never forget January 3rd, 2020, We when our first interviews, we had we did, uh, it was um, Ashlyn Jones and um, Ava Page was our first two interviews. And I'll never forget after we did those, I turned to Sandy when we were done. I was like, this is it. This is Aww. what we've been waiting on. We Aww. just knew that this was the, and here we are. That's yeah. awesome. That's really awesome. <laughs> and and, and, I, and I, it's like, an, yeah, because we're chasing the same dream and artist is chasing, right. you know, we're chasing yeah. the Bobby Bones and the Ty Bentleys and the Kelly Clarkson shows. <laughs> yeah. and right. That. 
so we're chasing all that too so we get how it feels where where all of a sudden like you know you get the open for a big artist or a big venue we get this big artist on the show and we're like freaking yeah. you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Totally. all of a sudden and it's so we get these little highs and these lows and the rejection and this so everything yeah. that comes with being an artist yeah. We have felt and the side jobs and, and, and right. we have side jobs again. Everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's very real. It's very real. And that's why I like the show is I like having up up and coming art. And again, even when we have the big artists that do come on, they still have these stories because they were oh, once yeah. that up and coming artist. Oh yeah. And and so it's um I love the stories because again, it gives me hope, especially one of my, you know, one of my dream guests would be Steve Harvey. Oh, uh, be, because yeah. of, um, you know, his story is just mm. magical yeah. um, where, you know, the, if you haven't seen it, look up on um, YouTube, um, the Apollo story, Steve Harvey, it's okay. about 10 minutes long. But he tells the story of how he got the phone call that got him on the Apollo. He really did, he didn't have no money to get there. And all of a sudden, another phone call came in for a gig in Jacksonville, Florida, and ended up being enough and to get him. Just I mean, it, to get it was just wow. crazy, the story. But he was living out his car and all that. Yeah. But he even told a story before that, but years before it, several years before that, where he never heard of a comedy club before. And a friend invited him to a comedy club. He said, what is that? And and they got there, and he says, "People make you get to do this on stage because mm -hmm. that's what he's. He always <laughs> asked God, I want to be on TV. Mm -hmm. He just never knew how it was going to be, and he knew he was yeah. funny. It's all he yeah. did. He says, I, I tell jokes is what I do. Yeah. And, and I remember him saying that 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 night he wasn't supposed to be on. The the person, one of the people, couldn't make it, so they called the next name on the list for the following week, and it was him. He gets up there." And he wins 50 bucks. And he says, everybody thinks that I won 50 bucks. He says, what I won was my purpose. Wow. That's so great. I, you know, I think you always like, you hear these stories and they're just, I, I mean, it's pure faith. That's all I heard listening to Steve Harvey. But I think I hear that when I listen to so many other stories of people who are successful to any degree is that it's, it's really getting kind of this calling put in yourself and having pure faith that um, it will happen no matter what. And I, I think that that is really what's incredible. And I, I don't know, I, I even look at my own career and it, it has been a long one, but you know, I'm not where I want to be or hope or plan to be, but even looking at this stage so far, it's so I've made it here so divinely and not by my own, um, you know, I like to say that I work hard and then God, I like meet God in the middle. Like I, I work really hard here. And then he, you know, like I remember somebody said, work hard. Like it depends on work. Like it depends on you and pray. Like it depends on God. Uh -huh. Yeah. Cause it, you know, it, it really is like every time I look at something, it's, it's not, it's not really me. It's, it's really not like even the people, the producers I'm working with now that are so incredibly talented. I met them in the ins most insane, craziest way. Like a suitcase fell on me at the Nashville airport. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. You know, it, it's not, um, I, 
I can never attribute really anything that's happened to me to my own hustle and grind. Um, I think, I think those situations come to me because I believe in what God has placed in me, but it's, it's just crazy to like, look at them and even look back at mine. And it's so just perfect, perfect in every, I can't imagine it going down any other way. And um, that's always incredible to me. And I think you hear that when somebody like Steve Harvey, like job Mm -hmm. lining up after job, after job, after job, when Mm -hmm. um, constantly he wasn't able to provide for himself. I think, you know, it's, it's hard to hear anything else, but God in that to me. I mean, we we feel the same way too, because, you know, with our show, you know, we couldn't have predicted a pandemic was about to happen. The pandemic rose our show. If you could have, I would uh, put you in some good places. (laughs) And and then on top of that, we couldn't have predicted some of the guests that we've had would have had on our very first year. I mean, I've got people that's been podcasting for three, four, five years will reach, reach out to me from time to time. How are you getting these guests? I'm like, it's got to be God because it's not us. You know, we just sit there and we're just like, all of a sudden we get connected here. It connects us here and connects us here and connects us there. And next thing you know, we have someone reaching out to us. And I mean, there are people that reach out to us that um, I see the name, don't know who they are. And I look them up. Oh God. (laughs) That's a God thing. I should have known that name. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So speaking of the positive now, um, let's talk about some of the great moments you've had, the wow moments. Oh, my goodness. Well, I think the most most recent wow has kind of been releasing this um, this last EP. I, I think it's the work that I'm most proud of and um, in everything that I've created musically. I think it's what I feel is the closest to um, who I am. And what I'm capable of producing over a lifetime of a career, hopefully. <laughs> and um, so I'm really proud of that. And I think it's been uh, really amazing to see the response to that. Because I think that this is so authentically me and um, the truth of how I feel on a lot of levels. I mean, it's only five songs. So it's like... <laughs> barely scratching the surface of thoughts and feelings that I have. But um, just seeing the reception from people responding to that, I think has been really powerful. Uh, The song uh, one more time that I released that in January and it's part of this new EP. And I lost a dear friend. He was my first boyfriend and then became my dear friend. And we used to write songs together and uh, he overdosed almost three years ago now. And uh, I wrote a song about it. And to be honest, the day that we released that song was probably one of the most emotional days of my life. I think I cried. Yeah, I think I cried from waking up at 7.30 until my head hit the pillow that night. Mm -hmm. And But for most most of the time, so many great reasons because people were reaching out and uh, thanking me for the song and, um, you know, saying that, I mean, the song still makes me emotional now, obviously, (laughs) but, um, you know, saying that it meant so much to them and reminded them of so-and-so who they lost. And I think that's when, as I said, storytelling becomes so important to me because if I give people a little bit, if I open up just a little bit, it connects with them and it allows them to tap into something that maybe they were, 
pushing down, not thinking about, or somebody that they weren't facing or whatever it is. And I think that that's what makes music and the arts so important and so powerful is that ability to connect with people that have never met you, mm-hmm. you know, getting um, another message that really hit home. That was a really wild moment for me was um, from someone in the army fighting. And he said that he had really bad PTSD and couldn't sleep at night. And he played my music and it helped him fall asleep. And that just like brought me to instant tears. Uh, It still does. Um, I was like, you know, just me having fun and doing what I love is helping somebody who's sacrificing their life for me sleep at night. That's, that was like unbelievable to me. And so I think it's been, those have been the most wow moments to me is seeing my music help people. Um, Mm -hmm. That, those are also the moments that are a wow and solidifiers to me. And, 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 you know, speaking of that, about being connected and all that, you know, sometimes people, um, fans of guests that we have on sometimes get upset with me because I talk a little bit too. You know, they want to hear, <laughs> ask a question and a guest, and a guest talk, but they don't know what I'm doing, you know, because I've learned the master of getting people to open up is you open up a piece of your story. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And they, and they will connect to that story and they will open up more than they ever have. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Very true. Yeah. You know, just like what you talking about the, the overdose, you know, I went through 19 years of addictions until God healed me wow. 13 years ago, but first five years of our wow. marriage, it was hell for her because wow. of that. But but she was the angel because she never nagged me, never put me down. She loved me in spite of the addictions. As I say, like she loved me through them. And, and you know, yeah. sometimes people will say, oh, she let you walk over her. And what, and what they don't understand is she allowed me to experience God's pure love through her. Wow. That's amazing. And I don't think I'd be alive if it weren't for that. That's a great story. Like I said, I love to tell stories. <laughs> As you should. I think that I think that's one of I don't know, maybe this is cheesy, but I think that's one of life's greatest gifts is the ability to tell stories and um share with others and connect with people. I mean, when you look through the Bible, what did Jesus do? Told stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we learn from the best, right? Yeah. <laughs> we, do. we take it, we yeah. take it, we try, we try. <laughs> Yes. So, you nods. <laughs> the floor is yours. What are you going to play for us? And tell us about. Oh the my song. goodness. Okay. So the song I was going to play for you guys. Also, I don't know where the mic sounds best. Should I? Is it? Do you guys find the computer mic is best, or is it best to leave this here? You sound fine right now. So. Okay. I don't want to get too loud while I sing, so you guys can give me a little like. <laughs> <laughs> by golly, quieter <laughs> woman. <laughs> Um, guys, hold on. Let me get this all situated here. Um, (laughs) so this, this is the song I was, uh, telling you guys about. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. this song is called one more time and it's about my friend Jackson, uh, Jackson overdosed, um, passed away, but Jackson's really the reason I ever started writing songs. Uh, I was doing a lot of theater and acting and film and TV. And uh, really essentially telling other people's stories. And I remember there was, he was an amazing guitarist and songwriter at the time. So there was one day where we were sitting by the piano and he was uh, helping me sing a song. 
uh, theater song. And I remember he kind of just like stopped playing and just looked over at me at the piano. And he was like, why aren't you writing your own songs? Like you have so much to say and you're such a great storyteller. And I just, I don't, I don't know why you're always singing everybody else's songs. (laughs) So um, losing him kind of obviously hit me very hard, but it was very unexpected as, um, as with any overdose. And I just remember that moment when I heard and when I found out it, uh, my mom called and she told me, and I remember I kind of was on my way to the gym (laughs) and I rushed off the phone and I said, Oh my gosh, crazy. And hung up because it was just like, it was, it was too much, you know, that quick. And I remember I was on the treadmill and it just, it, I'll never forget it. It hit me like a semi truck. And I like, as dramatic as you can imagine, I collapsed on the treadmill at the gym and then like sprinted out the door. Um, cause it just finally hit me because I think, um, losing somebody that young, um, it was just a couple months before his 21st birthday. So Mm. I think that that's always really hard to, especially when they've been close to you, but it's really hard to get a grip around that. And I had known Jack at that point creeping up on 10 years. So that was, um, that was a huge loss. So I wrote, I wrote a song about it. Um, and I was really fortunate (laughs) telling you guys so much about this song, but it's a really, it's a very important song to me. So, um, we were really fortunate. His mom and his family, one, I was just so fortunate that they let me tell a story and allowed me to write a song about him. Um, but on top of that, she, his mother and family were very involved in the recording process of the song and allowed us to use his guitars on the tracks of the song, which, um, was so emotional hearing them played for the first time in the track. It was really incredible. So the song is called One More Time. Awesome. People come and go, seasons change. We made plans for tomorrow, don't even get today. Without you, I fly blind on my own. Cruise to the moments, fade like snow. Lord, let me live one more time. Tell that boy I love a couple hundred times. And how could I have known Jack wouldn't make it to 25? Oh, won't you let me live it just one more time? I have to wonder why you didn't say. Girl, you better listen up. Today's this final day. If I had it all mapped out, I wouldn't be on my knees asking you to take this heavy heart from me. Lord, let me live one more time. Tell that boy I love a couple hundred times. And how could I have known? 
Jack wouldn't make it to 25. Oh, won't you let me live in just one more time? There's nothing like the way it hurts for a mother losing her son. Shadows come and summer fades. Now my first love is gone. Now I know you're not coming back. There's no place left to run. Cause you're the only reason I had faith to write this song. Lord, let me live one more time. Tell that boy I love a couple hundred times. How could I have known Jack wouldn't make it to 25? Oh, won't you let me live in? Oh, need you to forgive it. Just one more time. Just one more Thank you. Wow. That was a powerful song. Thank you. I'm an emotional guy anyway. So. Yeah. <laughs> and me too. I'm an emotional gal. So <laughs> uh, We're sitting here because, of course, her dad passed away. My mom yeah, passed away. Sorry. Last year, my stepmom passed away. Mm-hmm. So, you know, oh, my goodness. Songs like that just gets to us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Powerful song, you know. Yeah, you know when you talk about one more time, I'm like, I would love to spend one more day with my mom. Oh yeah. man, I'd, I'd yeah. trade anything. I think, um, you know, there's something. It's hard to lose anybody, but there's something particularly unique about, uh, at least I feel, unexpected deaths. Mm-hmm. Um, because for me, that's mostly what I've experienced: is very just waking up one morning and somebody's gone, and so that. Um, yeah, that was really where the song came from is that it just is, uh, I think all of us would take, even when you know somebody's dying, you would give anything for one more minute with them. But when you don't know, they're going to go. Yeah. And and I think, mm-hmm. you know, coming from a religious standpoint as well, I, there was a lot of wrestling with God for me of wondering why somebody I talked to every day didn't tell me. Um, mm-hmm. That was big. That was a big big thing for me of like could have told me man <laughs> like you know you could have yeah. told me to call him one more time and yeah. I could have um but yeah that's like um with my mom she was um she beat cancer wow. and then she got sick again but she had a doctor's appointment and about two weeks before that she was starting to get sick and all that and she said I'll wait to we kept trying to get her to go to ER yeah. or something mm-hmm. and she got to wait to the doctor so we get her to go to the doctor, finally to the doctor, and we get there, and they said, y'all need to take her to ER. And this is the day of the doctor's appointment. So we, Sandy and I, took her to ER and all that. And we're there. She's strapped in. They got her all thing. And and we haven't a- ate all that day. And mm-hmm. I remember um, asking the doctor, you know, can we go home for a few hours, freshen up, eat, and come back? Will she be right. fine? Doctor, oh, yeah, she's fine. Um, well, we we leave, we get home, we get a call from the hospital saying, you need to come, we got to talk. Well, I told Sandy she's gone. I knew already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With, 
and and it was like it was one of those things of where you know I wish I'd have been there, you know, yeah. and all and I kind of treated her not so good that day, and it was like you yeah. know all that, and, and, and the guilt came so strong on me because I went through like I said nineteen years of addictions, but my addictions were if my life was going good, I didn't drink or drug that much, mm. but if it was going bad. That's when I went down a deep hole and went, yeah. and and she passed away six months after we married. So all of a sudden that's wow. when the addictions came back stronger than ever. And she mm-hmm. had to deal with it. Oh, I'm so sorry. And then her dad, we get the call. Right. That was unexpected too. Yeah. He had pneumonia. He'd been sick. A similar story to Chris's mom. He'd been sick a couple weeks and we were all like, you need to go to the hospital. You need to get checked out. And he, he was stubborn. He wouldn't go. And and the day he did finally go, he, he didn't make it. So, so again, both of our stories are connected. As yes. The day that they both went is the day that they both died. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. I'm sorry. <laughs> So, you know, so that's been, t- so again, you know, it's one of the things where, like you said, you know, yeah. like in my stepmom, she passed away last February, a little different story. Yeah. Hers um, you, knew, you, pretty, you knew, you pretty much knew that she didn't have much that. more time. You knew. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to prepare for that, but yes. unexpected. Doesn't make it any so easier. Tough. Doesn't yeah, make it easier, but unexpected. They're is just both like, really tough, but I think I think unexpected really tends to knock the wind out of people a lot. It does, it yeah. does, and I I think it's um it's very challenging. Yep. Absolutely. Now, as you know, a lot of people they see the artists, but they don't see the teams behind them. And I always want to give teams credit and love that they deserve that they never get. Right. That's true. <laughs> so, if you want to take a few moments just to tell us about the team that helps you. Oh my goodness. Well, I have a really awesome team um, on the creative end right now. Uh, I'm working with Brett Pemberton and Michael Blue to make these songs that have recently come out and a few new ones. And um, I really think that both of them just have a very talented knack of pulling out the best of me on each end. Uh, Michael's actually from London and we call him our country bumpkin. Um, uh-huh. Probably one of the most country people I've ever met from, from London. And it's just hilarious. Oh, wow. um, so that's them on the creative end. And um, I have an amazing team helping me um, run socials and keep up with people because that was something that was getting um difficult for me and this release would not have happened without them (laughs) and um they're so talented and um just again an area of life where I feel really blessed that they came in to help me and um they're bulldogs for me and fight for me and it wouldn't be a team without mentioning my family they're definitely a part of the team and uh, support me and keep me going and believe in me um, even on the days when I don't believe in myself and my friends, same with them. Um, but that's kind of it. I'm, I'm a small team right now. It's, um, it was pretty tiny. <laughs> that's where everybody starts. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. And, and you know, speaking um, of teams, we have a third co-host, our little nine-year-old that we let yeah. ask. Oh, no way. So Sandy's going to go get him real quick. Okay. And, <laughs> and we got a two, two-year-old two little daughter that when she gets older, we'll be plugging her in the show, too. Oh, how cute. Because <laughs> we are a family affair show. <laughs> well, of course. It would be unfair. <laughs> That's so adorable. Yep. Yeah. 
I can't imagine doing it without family. I mean, that's, I'm just glad that I can't sing because that would be, <laughs> that would be really tough. The road. Now, granted, if I can do it with the family, you know, granted, like right now, you know, we've been a 24-7 couple and, and we travel everywhere. They've together. Heard it all. So, so if we can do that, you know, like some of the big high. artists. that we can... Hi, Kaylee. Hi. So uh, what's your favorite food? My favorite food? Yes. Oh, goodness. I love a good steak. <laughs> I'm happiest with a steak in front of me. And what's yours? Mine is pizza. Oh, I can't blame you for pizza. Mm-hmm. It's a good choice. Yes. <laughs> okay, so what's your favorite TV show? My favorite TV show. Oh, golly. Well, I'm watching this show called Quantica right now which I'm a little behind on because it's been out for a long time. Wow. But I really like it. Um, but something I can always watch that brings me comfort is, of course, Friends. Kind of one of those people. I do love Friends. <laughs> that, that's the that comes on Nick and Knight. Oh, are you watching Nick and Knight? He, he does. Yeah. <laughs> nine years old, but he does. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. I think I was watching Nick and Knight at nine years old. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's been over for years. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay, so uh, what's your favorite movie? My favorite movie. Oh, my goodness. I love this movie called The Breakfast Club. I don't know. Have you watched Breakfast Club? Uh, nope. You haven't? What's your favorite movie? My favorite movie is the Minion movie. Oh, good choice. <laughs> I like that movie. And, and you know what's been cool because he watch he does watch a lot of Nickelodeon shows mm-hmm. and stuff. We because we do entertainment and overall, you know, we've been able to bring on quite a bit of people from his shows onto our show for him to talk. To. Oh, fun! That's so exciting. Yes. <laughs> and what was your favorite TV show? My favorite TV show. Ah, I forgot SpongeBob. <laughs> oh, I loved SpongeBob growing up. Yes, SpongeBob has been on that long. <laughs> <laughs> I watched. A, I still quote SpongeBob. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, Yanks. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, he loves to be part of the show. That's so fun. I love it. <laughs> you know, and helping him grow a little bit too. So you know, who knows what Rapid he's going to do? Rapid fire round of questions. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, some of the hardest questions. <laughs> <laughs> and the most important ones. And yeah, important, for yeah. sure. <laughs> so if you could co-write with anyone dead or alive who would it be oh gosh dolly parton i think uh-huh. uh yeah Do- dolly parton i think i think that's one person that if i even just was in the same breathing the same air as i would probably forget how to formulate words most likely <laughs> <laughs> That is awesome. Yeah. Now, this could have a thousand answers. Just think of the first one that pops in your head. But oh, no. what is a song you've heard that you wish you wrote? I, you know, I'm going to go with the most recent one that I was listening to. And I was like, it's really good. Because uh, there's a lot of them, like, over time. But most recently um, was... Pretty much anything off of Casey's latest album, I wish I wrote. Uh, but um, specifically, I think Butterflies. I oh, think well. that, oh, that is such um, a well-written, well-produced, and just perfectly executed 
song. Um, and I was listening to it and I was like, there's nothing wrong with this song. It's just perfect. <laughs> like, there, there really isn't. I mean, and there it's, I can't think of a time that I've ever listened to a song and been like, Oh, well you could have done this. I, that really never happens, but it's just every time I listen to that song, each lyric, I'm like, yeah, yeah. You can feel it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it's really well done. <laughs> so, um, in 2015, we interviewed um, Kelsey Ballerini, and one of the questions mm-hmm. we asked her was, what, where's she going to be in five years? I always like to tell this story before I ask the guest <laughs> that same question, mm-hmm. because the answer she gave us in 2015 is almost to the T of the life she's living now. Oh, wow, She knew awesome. where she was going. <laughs> yes, she and did. I think that when we interviewed her, if I, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. she her first song was at number 28 on the charts. She didn't even have a number one yet. Wow. Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> and, and so, you know, so she's living the, that life. So where do you want to be in five years? Oh, my goodness. I think in five years, I want to be making music still and continuing to make music. I would like to have recently bought a house in Nashville. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's my goal on a on a personal note and a personal side. Um I'd like to be like, I really, okay, this is such a personal side of that story. I'm sure you meant professionally, but I love DIY projects. And um, if I could choose any backup career, it probably would have been interior design. So in five years, I'd love to be just like doing my little home up in Nashville and getting that all done. Uh, Making music, hopefully have had, um, you know, like one charting song under my belt. Um, Hopefully have finished an album. And uh, signed to a label, I think would be pretty cool in five years. (laughs) So now let's look further down the road. Let's say, (laughs) let's say you're 15 years in, you're Mm -hmm. a success on a grand scale, whatever that looks like for you, you're there. If the person you are today could meet her, your future successful self, what would you want to remind her? That, um, Taking your time is the most important thing, that there's always enough time and uh, to make time for the people that you care about and that the people you care about matters more than anything else that's going to come your way. Awesome. And if you could describe your music to someone who's never heard it before, how would you describe it? Old school meets new school. I love (laughs) that. (laughs) Awesome. And what would you like for your legacy to be as an artist? What would you ultimately like to be known for? I think um, writing songs and operating in the world with an open heart and, um, you know, not to be, I don't know, cliche or anything, but kind of just doing my best to be somebody that is an example of um, what a life with Christ can be like. And Uh yeah. Definitely love that. <laughs> so let's say you had a friend of yours and you heard him or her sing and they've got something special. Simon Cowell would say they have that it factor. <laughs> and, and let's say they've played maybe 40 or 50 shows. So they're still getting their feet wet on the performance side, but they've gotten on stage. They go, what every artist says, they, that stage bug where they look over the crowd, and the crowd's roaring for them and mm-hmm. they know they're in the right place. And they come to you and they say, I know I've been called to this. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next few years? I think to do something every day to get better, uh, no matter where you're at, that never, that should never stop. Um, even 
after you win your Grammy, you should do something every day to be better. And to always remember where you came from, the people that got you there. Um, and that you should have, you should always be helping someone behind you. Love that. And, and you know, speaking of Grammy, we have on the wall, our wall in our office that says um, Emmy winning the Chris and Sandy show. I love it. If we're going to do it, let's go all the way. I went to um, I went to USC for college and, you know, I was homeschooled. So the dream of going to USC was like <laughs> psychotic, <laughs> like honestly, like yeah. that was just like crazy. Um, but something that I did and I think it just um, pushed me. I wore a USC sweatshirt every day while waiting for my application oh, to come wow. in the mail. Yes. And um, anytime somebody, not friends, I obviously didn't lie to friends or people I knew, but if I were at the grocery store checkout and they'd say, oh, do you go to USC? I'd say, yeah, I do. I do. Oh, wow. Study music that? industry at USC. Uh, you were speaking Yeah, I was like, I was a student. And um, I, I kind of really believe in that now because I think it's, I think it sets you up to push yourself harder because yes. you've told, even if it's strangers, you've told somebody you go to USC. And <laughs> yeah. so you better go to USC because yeah. grocery store knows. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I fully believe in that. I think that's great. You know, that's like we let it out there to the world that, you know, our, you know, we want Steve Harvey to eventually be on here. We want Tyler Perry because he's got the same story. Oh, as, I love it. As, yeah. As Steve Harvey, that we we want to be a Kelly Clarkson type show because we, we when we first started, it was just going to be maybe an online thing. Mm -hmm. And as we keep growing, keep growing, it becomes entertainment and all that. And I'm like, you know yeah. what? We can be a Kelly Clarkson show. We can be the first married couple daytime TV talk show. I love it. Absolutely, you can. Because as far as I know, the right one. No, not that I've, not that I've seen. I'm pretty well versed in my daytime talk shows. So as we come to a close here, what's next? Well, I'm working on more new music, which I'm really, really excited about. And uh, kind of continuing that and releasing that. And then um, as everything's kind of moving and grooving again, I'm in – Thousand Oaks with family still, so kind of getting back to Nashville more and doing that. And I think just continuing to write music and grinding and hopefully live shows as we all start getting there, uh, which I'm very excited for. I'm hoping to tour next year is what I have my eyes on. So fingers crossed that's where we're at. <laughs> and we're getting to go see Nashville for the first time ever tomorrow. Oh, so really? Oh, we're going to be spending five nights there. Oh, yeah. you guys are going to have a lot of fun. And, so, and what's funny is we, we've already time. decided that we're moving there. So, oh, you, you have? Know, we're, we're oh, just going to So we're going to see where we're going. And what's okay. funny about all this is when we first met, you know, we met online back in 2002 mm -hmm. when it was taboo, of course. They were, wow. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now but, but we met, we met February 2nd of 02 online. We talked on the phone February 4th. We set a wedding date February 18th and we met in person March 4th. So oh we were meeting gosh. in person. Yeah. <laughs> so we were meeting in person to see who we we're going to marry. Yeah. So wow. in a sense, we're going to go see Nashville where we're going to move. Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> for you guys. So whatever works. <laughs> that's always been our strong point is just stepping out in faith and going. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. That's really <laughs> So great. tell everybody how they can reach out to you. 
Well, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook, which is Kaylee Nicole Music for both. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, which is Kaylee N Music. And yeah, keep up with me there. And I post all my updates to each of those social platforms. So, And, you know, we really enjoyed having you on it and we look forward to having you back. Thank you. I hope so. It was great to be here. Thank you for having me. You have a great day. Thanks. Bye. Bye.